Hi, I'm the comedian and quizzer Paul Sinha, and I cannot recommend highly enough the benefits of listening to the Promoter Mouth podcast. Do it now. Okay, here we go with episode number 13, Paul Pablo of the Promoter Mouse Podcast. Hello, Pablo. How are you doing, Kai? Hello. Very well, thanks, mate. You've got a lot of new tech, and it is fantastic. And uh, I took a picture of you whilst you was uh, playing around with all your gizmos, and he put me in mind of the 60s record producer, Joel Meek. Oh, he was uh, as, as mad as a hatter as well. <laughs> and uh, he killed his landlady and then himself. But if you can wait till the end of the pod, that'd be nice. <laughs> it was going so well there. I thought, well, that's a really impressive reference there. I'm really it's, proud of that. Yeah. Um, keep me away from many sharp objects. You, you look like a mad professor rushing around then. Uh, it is, but, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a very impressive setup now. It's like the Wizard of Oz. And you've got a camera in my face. And if I look round, I can see myself. Yeah, well, we thought we'd film it today in a single camera on both of us. So we're not sat opposite each other. We're sat next to each other. Yeah, I can it. touch you on the knee like that. Uh, like, yeah. you, can, you... you can also stop doing that. <laughs> oh, the lengths I go to. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's exciting. So, anyway, how was your week? My week's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes right. a change, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, good. Mostly because on Tuesday, uh, I was at the comedy store. In that there, London. For the Cray Cray Comedy and Music, Cray Cray Cabaret. Did he, um, did he um, go off down there with like like a stick with a cloth bag on the end of it? It is a bit like that. Match into that London to find your riches. Yeah, yeah, I had my rucksack on my back. And there I go, with making a beeline. Yeah, all the way for the comedy store. It was amazing. We had Jason Manford turn up for yeah. the gig. Not just turn up, he was booked for ages. And he smashed it. It was awesome. Fantastic. And oh, you, you met you met Jason. You, you, you had a chat with him, I understand. But um, I did. At time, it did. Yeah, I've got to. I've got some bad news. What's that, guy? I went there full of optimism that Jason Manford would have a little chat on Mike, and I've let you down. <sighs> well, I, I was expecting this, and I fully expected it because he's got more to lose than any other one that you've uh, spoken to so far. Well, he he agreed to it, and then I said, well, let's do it when it's quiet. Mm. And then it was kind of the interval, and the first act was on, and then he said, well, let's do it afterwards. Mm. Um, so I can save my voice, and it was obviously an inconvenience then. But then um, I had to go and get my train, so I missed it because... Yeah. Of the Norfolk thing, really, it was just that that much. He, it, I think he would have done something. Uh, I don't think he was just brushing me off. Next time, you got his number though. I have got his number. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you never know. You I might, never know. I might remind him. How was he for the, for the listener who'd be interested? How was he just to talk to? Really, really nice. Yeah, lovely. He came. He was hanging around, ironing his shirt. Yeah, uh, yeah, and all sorts backstage. You know, he's just a lovely bloke. He's got a bit of time for everyone. Um, but also, you know, Jen Brister was there. She did amazingly. Brilliant. You know, it was just a lovely atmosphere backstage, and uh, yeah, he topped off the night. 
Did he get a selfie or did he did he not push it? Do you know what? I didn't even get a selfie. Oh. That 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 I'm disappointed with myself. Really, did, did you ruffle your hair up especially? I did, and I, I thought, <laughs> I, and I'll tell you what, I thought, um, I thought I'd play it cool, but I was actually, I was actually a little bit starstruck. He's a he's a he's quite a big name, even though he doesn't see it himself. It can happen, can it? Uh, yeah, he, he, he seems really, really down to earth. But you know what happened? He, he, he wanted to iron his shirt, um, and he said, oh, I might iron my shirt, or I might leave my jumper on. And I said, well, they've got an ironing board, so I got the ironing board out. And then I found the iron and put the iron out. Um, and then I said, if, uh, if you're wondering why I'm being a suck-up, and he goes, what, do you want something, do you? And I said, well, <laughs> I, I do a podcast, and uh, I wonder if uh, you had five minutes later on. He said, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so I think he saw through it. I was being extra kind. That's kind of what I do backstage, yeah. anyway, a little bit. I help them out and make sure they've all got their drinks and stuff as well. It is a difficult one. For, for someone like him, he's got a lot to lose, and he doesn't know a lot about us. And, you know, so if he says yes to absolutely everything... He's a household name, he's a, he's yeah. a national treasure. Uh, and um, people have got to trust us, and uh, that'll come. Did Did you tell him you do a podcast with his doppelganger, his 10-year-old doppelganger, 10-year-older th- doppelganger? You know, I think the reason why, um, and, and I said what you, you asked me to say, uh, that you're from, was it Withenshaw? That's it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you've laughed at his book. I said yeah. that. And then I said, actually, he runs a gig up in Southwold and, ah. and Gorston. And you never guess what I said. Sure. Oh, can I say it? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah Sean Walsh to. was booked for it and uh, and couldn't do it. And uh, yeah, um, Paul has uh, asked me, or Pablo has asked me to uh, ask you whether you fancy to do it. He went, no chance. <laughs> what, because I'm from Wivenshaw? <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> he said, no, just no chance. <laughs> And well, I, I don't know if he thought I was being fully serious, but had he said, yeah, okay, uh, it would yeah, be a different you know, story. But you never know. You, if you don't, buy, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. Well, I had a go, Pablo. Yeah. You, you, I didn't tell you this, but I had a go. Oh, and, well, it's and appreciated. That Thank might you. be why he ended up brushing me off later on. Oh, that's my fault, is it? <laughs> I didn't need that. Well, anyway, anyway, speaking about the game, but let's 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 quickly say um, now you've mentioned it. Um, Sean Walsh was booked in to do uh, closed. Two shows of mine on the 28th of April. Unfortunately, I had to pull out because of telecommitments. I was a bit hacked off about it last week. Couldn't say anything. Um, now I can. But the uh, the voice you heard at the beginning of the podcast is coming to save the day. Mr. Paul Sinha. Yes. The Cineman is going to take his place. So, And people are already really excited about that, which I'm really pleased about. And so. you found a pocket of people who uh, had... Not booked for Sean, but would be more than happy to book for Paul, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. Like some people, I, I, I never had um, Sean Walsh down as a divisive character, but some people like him, some people don't. But that's, I guess, that's, that's the way appeal works now, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd still love <laughs> to know what, what that telework is, though. The, the it, telework, well, it's in inverted it, commas. Yeah. Well, it, well, a couple of days before, he's in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to have to rush back for that telework, isn't he? He is going to have unless, to. Unless it's in, in Australia. But anyway, good luck to him. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's, I, I've met him and he's a lovely guy, actually. Yeah. So he's, yeah, can't, of, can't really complain. And absolute good luck to him. And, and he, it's not like he left me completely in the lurch, although I was extremely disappointed, as you might imagine. But um, plenty of time to save the gig. And Mr. Sin has come along to... Uh, Saved the day, so and a yeah. lot of what he does is out of his control. We've got to accept, uh, yeah, 
got to appreciate that, haven't we? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I had a few sort of enlightening uh, um, chats with various uh, agencies. Probably can't really go into that too much um, on air. But, um, yeah, journey of discovery, put it that way. Hey, we're, we're videoing this. I just had a little glance there. We look professional as as as, uh, as fuck. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello. Uh, hello, viewers. Yeah, um, it's very nice. If, if you're listening and you can't see as well, you know, you're missing out. So, uh, anyway, shall, shall, shall we tell the listener what's what's coming up? Or, or have we got a bit more about the uh, week roundup? I've got some more stuff about the week roundup. Have you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, this week, after after leaving you last week, I went off to Manchester, um, went, went to watch the football, but one of the highlight, highlights was uh, uh, getting one of the biggest and best kebabs in the whole of Manchester. Okay. Yeah. So on the lead-up, I joined a Facebook group called the Manchester Kebab Connoisseurs. <laughs> there is such a thing. And in fact, I've been a member of this Facebook group for a long time because, you know, I'm from Manchester and I like kebabs. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I was excited to go up there because they, they do better kebabs up there than they do anywhere, I think, in, in, in the country. But better than Loddon kebab. I'm afraid so. Significantly better, wow. I'm afraid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's buy a factor of four, easily. What are they called? Kebabs. Is that it? What? The shop. Oh, the shop. Oh, this one was called Red Cherry. Yeah, right. so so what I did was I put a, I put a call out on the... <laughs> what are they called, kebabs? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe you've just had a stroke or something. <laughs> so, so yeah, I put, I put a call out on the Facebook group and said, uh, where's the actual best kebab? And, you know, everybody piles in with, like, their favourite kebab shop. Over half said Red Cherry, go to Red Cherry in uh, Levenshume, and that's what we did, and we got the uh, Red Cherry Massive, and it, it was a thing of beauty. It was like the size of an island within a cardboard box, if you can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining it. Yeah. Are, are, wow. you, are you a kebab man? I am. I love a good kebab. Yeah. And I love a bad one as well. That's why I go to a lot yeah. of <laughs> Is it... kebab and pizza. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you get a kebab, there's a certain amount of jeopardy involved, isn't there? I you don't know? think you go there for... I mean, we've had this conversation. You don't go to a kebab shop for the, a culinary joy... And and it's you know it's not um, what's his name Marco Pierre White is it you know most of the time you're a bit pissed yeah yeah and yeah. you just want meat. There was one time in the nineties I bought a kebab home, and uh, I got back in after a big bit of a drinky session on a Saturday, and uh, I, I took it to bed with me to watch to eat in bed whilst <laughs> watching match of the day. I, I fell asleep right during match of the day, and in the morning I woke up. With a cold kebab stuck to me midriff. Oh, lovely! That's a, <laughs> dreams do come true. Oh, it was ah, oh, honestly, it's what? it tasted horrible, but I, I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to peel it off the midriff. Yeah, breakfast kebabs are are a thing of joy, and yeah, a bit like breakfast pizza, you know, leftovers. Yeah, I've um, I've had it before where I've I've woken up in the morning, put my shoes on, and I've thought, what's that? And there's been like chilli sauce and a little bit of meat on my shoe and I thought oh must have had a kebab last night <laughs> yeah me too yeah. we've, we've all done there. that yeah yeah and, and there's a tree in the living room well I think we say we've all been there there are many people watching them no definitely not me yeah well we've got a lot of uh, lady listeners and not all of them well maybe some of them actually get yeah. blind drunk yeah <laughs> scratch that I'm thinking, I'm, 
I've got a mental image of some of them already. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, do you fancy doing the, um, the 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 bit for change? The uh... two rival comedy promoters happen to live in the same sleepy town in Norfolk. Rather than be at each other's throats, competing for territory like crap Colombian cartel leaders, we have joined together with the joint aim of banging on about the UK comedy scene through the lens of also living in an idyllic English market town. Ah, that's lovely, that. I think you brought all your English teachery skills and your drama skills together to, to deliver. Yeah, I was quite proud of that. I don't know, and you, you've every right to. You can hear me better. We, we um, uh, For the benefit of the listener, we're, we're, for the first time, recording this with headphones on, just yeah. like professional podcasters that I've seen on the on the uh, YouTube and and thereabouts. I just keep thinking of Mike Smash and wanting to say not half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite thing. strange having our voices in our right up in our ears. Yeah, yeah. It's not normal, but it does sound quite pleasant. Yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to tell the listener what's coming up. What's coming it, up? Yeah, so... Is that a swoosh? No, I was... I was yeah. Is it, is, it, is it time for a swoosh? <laughs> yeah, do, do a swoosh. A long one or a short one? Uh, do a long one. This week, we... <laughs> yeah, Kai's got a new gizmo. We can press the button and do the swooshes live, which is fantastic. And so it's going to save me hours. <laughs> so this week, coming up, we have our usual uh, features, and that's Praise B, Comedy Rumours forward slash shithousery, Parking Like a Twat in Loddon and Shed Grave, Opinion Halls, Hellfire and Damnation, and Contrition. So oh, all the usuals. All the usuals. We thought we'd list them up straight at the top. And just to say, for, we've got an exclusive coming up as well. I mean, I think we can drop that in here. We'll, we'll come to it a little bit later, but we've got an exclusive statement from uh, Jeff Whiting of Mirth Control. We didn't mention them last week, but they were embroiled in a controversy which we featured last week, and we'll come on to that later. So stay with us, and we'll feature that in a, in a, in a little bit. Oh, it's been quite an exciting week, hasn't it? Since we, since we reached out yeah. to Mr Whiting of Mirth Control, yeah, yeah. you've just had a, been bombarded with messages and uh, uh, voice it, 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 notes and things. I'll be honest, I wasn't quite expected to be warming quite so much to Jeff Whiting. I mean, I have spoken to him a few times in the past, and I've not actually met him face to face, uh, um, but I've got to know him a lot better over the last day or two, over various sort of voice messages. And it's probably worth saying as well, um, I listened once to the um, Jimmy Carr autobiography, which you almost do, by the way, it's excellent. Um, and he mentioned Jeff Whiting in there, and he also mentioned that Jeff can go on a bit. There's no such thing as a short conversation with Jeff Whiting. So we asked him for a statement, and honestly, it's a great statement, but it goes on and on and on. God love him. But we'll play it a lot in its entirety. Um, at some point, we might knock most of it to the edge end of the pod. Um, there, there will be some people who don't know who Jeff is, and is it worth is it worth um, putting his little intro in? Yeah, where he tells us all about himself. Uh, or do you want to save it, that to the end? It's not a little intro. 
It's not, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, we, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll we'll, we'll save Jeff the bother at first, and then we'll 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 discuss it. We'll we'll explain the context that Jeff wants wants to give, and then go straight into the. Uh, we're sort of jumping ahead of ourselves a bit here. We are a little bit, yeah. But I was going to describe that more fully when we, we featured it, because we, we'd literally just done the contents. Okay. Praise be. Uh, I think you've got a lot more praising than I had this week, although um, I can think of some things immediately. One of, them, one of them is Paul Sinner, but I've said that. Oh, yes. But, but yeah, what's the first thing that you've got on the uh, Praise Be section? Well, the person I'd like to thank, and I know I'm always thanking my venues, but... I had a gig for the first, yeah, you haven't met her. (laughs) Um, For the first time, it was the premiere gig at Swaffham George Hotel, and that went really well. I didn't say about that in the the week week that's just gone by. New gig at a new venue. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit worried about tickets. Uh, It didn't massively sell. Uh, There were about 40 in, in the end, which makes a gig, but... What made it extra special was they were a lovely bunch. Uh, we had uh, John Mann, Richard Weimark, and closing was Marcel Leconte. Mm. It's a lovely lineup that. Very good. And it was a, a, it's a big room. Everyone sat at tables with white cloths on, very posh. Mm. Um, but the person I'd like to thank is Roxy there, who's the manageress, and she could not do enough just to help everyone. You know. Yeah. Nothing was too much trouble. You know how busy they are in hotels, especially on a Saturday. And she was running around, making sure we were all right. She fed us, watered us, got everything sorted, you know, whatever we needed. And I'd like to thank her. But there's one thing I don't want to thank about that gig, which I missed earlier on. And this is quite interesting. Right? I don't know if any other promoters or comedians have ever come across this. But in that venue, they had a decibel reader mm-hmm. above the fire door. And every time... You raise your voice, even without a microphone, a red light flashes, yeah. like a proper, like an emergency firelight. It starts flashing. And but and more than that, even when you're just talking quietly, it goes green, like a, like a, what do you call it, like a mixer. It goes green up to red, and then it just starts flashing this light. This was behind the stage, wasn't it? And this was behind the stage and above, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you showed me a little video of it. What the hell? I mean, I and I tested it out, and it didn't trigger. And what happens is, if the sound goes too high, it trips all the freaking electrics. What 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 we should say for the listener why this is an issue is that it's distracting. So the golden rule is, if you've got a stage, you don't want anything distracting away from the. St- it's like having a telly on in the background. It's just a no no. <laughs> this was but, a, br- a bright but, red light, a huge a, one too. Yeah, flashing every time you spoke. Yeah, yeah. So so that's like. Probably as as somebody putting on a gig, it's like what the you know yeah and and so Roxy uh, said it's okay to cover it, so I went with her, got a ladder, put the ladder up, put a cloth over it, made sure it was all tucked in, put a couple of cloths over because it was bright enough to shine through two layers of like napkin material. Anyway, come the performance, going up, put a bit of intro music on, um, and. Sure enough, everyone is like, put your hands together. It's this pre-record. Put your hands together for your compare. Kai Baron. Everyone started clapping, and then darkness. No sound. No lights. It all tripped. Oh, right. Unbelievable. Wow. Is that because if it goes over a certain level, it cuts out? Yeah, that's what. That's what the the. It must be a. It's a sound. Is it a planning permission thing? I don't think so. Not anymore, because she said we don't 
um, she's trying to get rid of it. But um, there is a workaround, which I didn't take her advice on. She said, well, what we normally do when we get a disco in there is we plug it in behind the bar because it doesn't trip that switch. Oh, right. And so maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe it is a planning permission thing. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So none of that happened. Yeah, just as well, because that might be a planning permission thing. <laughs> but fucking hell, I mean, you know, everything was going so well, and then that happened, and it happened again about five minutes later as well. But So it, it, took, it took me by surprise. I brought the energy down like I normally do, but this was intentional. Um, and, and some of the comedians were, you know, having to hold back. I think it threw John a bit, because he was um, having to, uh, this was John Mann, I think even he was kind of, mindful of it and so but then Marcel Conte at the end you, you, you know he's he's quite soporific so he's kind of just yeah he was never going to trip it but my right. god I don't know if you've come across that before but they're shit and they should be banned I've not come across it no, you no put a it's, it's just so you some, t- <laughs> some bureaucrats just been given a free reign haven't they I mean it's, it's and yeah. you agree to do a gig at a venue and you, you turn up and on the day they say oh by the way yeah. Just as you've set up. By the way, there's a decibel meter behind the yeah. stage. Well, that wouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No. Get rid of them. That should be in uh, in the uh, what do you call it? Helen Damnation. I think it is. Yeah. Well, you can fuck that off. You, 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 you can put it into hell later. So the the, the the next thing to praise is our new Patreon. <laughs> Who's that? Mr. Steve Felton, double-barrelled vagina named Pie. Hey, we have another Patreon. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Steve. Much appreciated, Steve. And uh, Steve's been sending us messages. As to as uh, uh, Simon Gibbs and probably lots of other Simons. Um, there are some, but special thanks to Steve. It's appreciated, mate. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And... Uh, We'll we'll try and give you extra content when we've sort of fathomed out what to do. But we we appreciate your support, and uh, yeah, Kyle probably put it towards more, I, more gizmos. I don't think Steve um, is doing it for the extra content. I think he gets everything he needs out of what we what we offer. Yeah, um, who yeah. doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, brilliant, Steve. Thank and, you very much for that. It's nice to have a listener who's not a Simon. Not that there's anything wrong with the Simons, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, Steve's taken up the rear. Come on, any more Stevens out there? Come on. Did you just say Steve's taken up the rear? Well, I, I, do you know him that well? Um, I know him fairly well. <laughs> but not that well. Well, I've, I've never taken him up the rear. I have no, no intention to, but... Um, but thanks, Steve. Yeah, yeah thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> So, comedy rumours forward slash shithousery. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm, indeed. Yeah, so last week we featured um, Adam Russian's gig in London, which was, by all accounts, half-inched. And he was upset and lamenting about it on Facebook. And we basically said, that sounds rough, Adam. Can't think of anything worse. But we must get another side. We must get another side of this story. Yeah. And that's what we did. And we reached out to Mirth Control, which is a national comedy agency. And we made contact with Jeff Whiting, who was the founder. Now, Jeff's very kindly sent us a large statement, which he recorded for us, which we will play. Now, I know Jeff is very keen on us playing it in its entirety. And for the 
benefit of listeners and those that maybe aren't quite as interested as others in it, uh, we are going to play some of it now. So that addresses the, the main problem that ha- has occurred. But then what we're going to do is play it in its entirety at the end of the podcast. So I think those that want to hear it can either fast forward to that or they can stick around and listen. You don't, no, well, don't fast forward. We might, no, we might play it sooner, Kelly, so those, just to catch yeah, them out. I'll take that back. Those that want to, yeah, we might play it sooner. We're not going to tell you where the end is. Yeah. That's fair enough, isn't it? No. Oh, well, I know where the end is, won't they? No, <laughs> think it through, guy. Look, we'll play it later in the pod in its entirety. So, uh, for the for the benefit of those that that want to hear it in its entirety, we're going to uh, pop it on a bit later on. In the first part of Jeff's statement, um, he gives us a little bit of background, which you can hear a bit later, about how he started off in in comedy in in the nineties, uh, operating out of a, a telephone box. And he gives a, a little bit of a, a message about his ethos. I found it really interesting. I, there was a lot about uh, what he says um, and a lot of the background he gives. I wasn't fully aware of. I mean, he's he's really quite a prolific figure in mm. promoting comedy. I don't think they come with much more experience than he does. I would say so. Didn't he give Jimmy Carr his first paid gig? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I think he mentions that. But he, he sent me a couple... He's one of these people who sends uh, voice messages on WhatsApp, so he sent me a couple of voice, and they just ramble on as well. And then he sends another voice message to um, just to say... Well, no, he sent you a voice message to say he's sending you a voice message. Yeah, yeah. And then he said he'll send... The vo- and then he sent another to say he's a bit late, so he'll send it later. Yeah. And then he sent the voice message, and then he sent another voice message to, yeah. just to correct something in the voice message. It's... I mean, amongst all this controversy, which we'll move on to in a minute for the listeners, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll describe it in, in better detail. But it's honestly hard not to warm to the guy. We're like we it, within the comedy industry, it, and within any any industry, if there's somebody doing better than others, it's it's easy to demonise them. And if they've been accused of nicking a gig, wow, those dirty rotten rock bags. And I'll put my hands up. I, I thought that as well. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chip in here because from my perspective, you know, my dealings with him. I first came across Mirth Control when I was um, starting out. This back in 2004, somewhere like that, because uh, I used to compare for a lot of their gigs down in the southwest. All right, and sometimes driving acts from that area. Um, but that that was my first dealings with him. And more recently, we had a little kind of interaction where um, I've got the White Horse gig mm-hmm. and he had a gig at the Mill in Loddon. It was, well, it was a Mirth Control gig run by Andy Waters. And I saw that a post advertising for acts in Loddon. This was only about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. And so naturally the alarm bells start ringing. You think, oh, hang on a minute. Is another gig going to happen in Loddon? You know, is there a pub going to be doing that? So I got in touch directly with uh, with Jeff, and I've got to say, I've got nothing but you know praise really for the way he handled it and the professionalism, and um, it it was yeah absolutely dealt with in the way that you'd like it to. Yeah, he's a, he's a good egg really in in my eyes, and that doesn't obviously sit well with some people who might have had a different experience. But um, yeah, if you deal with him right. He's uh, absolutely a, a pro and a, and a gentleman. I think what it's brought home to me, um, th- this whole episode, is we've spoken about before. If you think you're getting your toes trodden on, there is that visceral reaction that you have. And you, you maybe react 
you, the, the first instinct is, is to react in, in an unsavory and um, unmeasured way. I can see the temptation to do that. Although I don't think I'm glad I don't think I've ever gone public with any of my reactions. I might have yeah. stomped around the house and let let Mrs. Pablo kind of hear all about him before. Um, before. <laughs> it may sound now like we're taking sides on this matter, but I don't. I don't it didn't until he just said that. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it may sound like we're taking sides. Oh, did it? Did it not? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. I was, I was, I was yeah, I was, I was, I was sort of trying to um, empathise with how it. Well, you, you'll you'll hear from you'll hear from Jeff. He he has a slight issue on um, how Adam Rushton uh, ha- handled the matter, um, which was publicly, and so uh, Jeff was extremely pleased to be able to sort of comment. And I can I sort of get both sides. You 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 kind of feel impotent if you feel as though you've been wronged, and going public might be a way of making you feel a little bit better. Um, so I I get that, but Jeff's quite rightly, he's, I don't think he he's that pleased about that. But we we also reached out for a word to balance it from Mr. Rushton at uh, Rush of Laughter, in his words. Yeah, I've said I, all I need to say. Yeah, and he has, and it's public, and it still stays there, which is fair enough. We should actually very quickly recap for people who wasn't listening last week. Should we not? Have we have we so made it clear? It's a bit late now. Um, no, you did say somebody poached a gig. Oh, okay, yeah. That's somebody somebody had a gig half nicked in yeah. uh, half inched in, in London. Yeah, but it wasn't really, was it? So we got the statement from. We eventually got the statement. We had it written, and then he read it out. And uh, he read it out word for word. He's very keen on getting it across. I mean, we would have probably um, chopped it up a lot more than we probably will do now. But this is um, really where he addresses the, the heart of the matter and his thoughts on it. Why Adam Rushton has an issue with me or my company at all is a good question. We've been booking his acts that he manages regularly for many years, despite the fact that he very rarely books any of our acts at all. And we do have some exceptional talent on our roster. Just go and look at mirthcontrolcomedy.com. So one would expect we might be slightly frustrated with him, rather than the other way around, having just told you all what I said uh, about that booking situation. But the recent complaints on Facebook by Mr Rushton are over a venue in London, a restaurant called Aquavit, and this is the centre of his accusations and his denigration of Mirth Control as a company and of me personally. I only learned what actually occurred well after he seemed to know about it and only know about what fees he was working with for the comics at Aquavit because he has told everybody himself. At no time did the client, Dragos, ever tell me what he paid for any acts booked by Mr Rushton or any comics that appeared there before, so I had no idea of the fees he worked with. He will verify this. Therefore, the idea that I undercut Mr Rushton is redundant. What actually occurred is that he was given a budget of £1,500 to provide one comedian to do around 30 minutes on a Friday night in London, a gig that could be doubled quite easily. With that budget, he could have secured a high-level comic, as we all know, with recent good TV credits such as the Apollo, Mock the Week, never mind the Buzzcocks, 8 out of 10 counts, does countdown. If not that, then he could have... You know, booked a comedian with a big reputation on the circuit, a prior Perrier Award winner or the like. But instead of any of this, he sent a comic he manages himself to do the gig. A comic that 
with greatest respect, the average comedy booker in the UK would regard as being worth about 200 to 300 pounds a night at most for such a gig. And when you put a 300 pound act on a, a gig that is paying 1,500 pounds, you are putting yourself in risk of problems. This is not really what that client deserved for that money. The comic that uh, Mr. Russian represents and sent did the show. The client received negative feedback from some of his customers. He therefore went onto the internet to look at alternative options. Being in charge of the restaurant and its entertainment programme and having no contract in place with Mr. Rushton, it was an entirely reasonable response in those circumstances and morally and ethically very acceptable. He found us. I mean, he may have tried others, but he sent me the email out of the blue. I didn't know him or his restaurant. I'd never heard of him before he received it. He asked me if I could provide a comedian or two uh, to perform at his venue. I said yes as this is my job and what I do for a living. He said he'd be back in touch. He followed this with a second email later when he then mentioned and named some comics he'd appeared before. These comics were not mentioned in his first email. He gave me two names, one of them a close friend of mine, a comic I respect and rate very highly, and another that I had not heard of. Uh, I couldn't place the agent for either of these acts because I don't deal with agents who make offers. Martin Westgate does that. So I do not have a Rolodex in my mind of which agent represents which act. I made no association with Mr Rushton being the booker of this club. Dragos then asked me if I could provide two comedians at a total budget of around £1,200. And at this stage, I had no knowledge whatsoever of what fees were being paid to the previous acts by Mr Rushton. Uh, in my conversation with the client, this did not come up. I did not at any point ask him what Mr Rushton had been paid for the previous comics. The client, Dragos, at Aquavit in London, will verify all of this information. I proceeded to book two comedians for a date in April at £500 each, leaving me a booking fee of about 200 which is 17% of total, roughly. Pretty well industry standard for a booking like this. After all this had happened, I became aware Mr Rushton saw this when you were somehow belonging to him, when he went live on Facebook on Friday the 10th to explain that I'd stolen it. He launched a vitriolic attack on mirth control and on me personally suggesting that because I had booked one female comic for the April show, whereas he had booked all male comics at the £500 fee I was offering, I was undervaluing female comedians, and it was a slight against them. This is patently absurd. At one point, Mr Russell described birth control as a cancer on the comedy industry, amongst a list of other rather badly judged and highly inaccurate statements. The protocol in this case, as everybody knows is for Mr Russian to have called me with his complaint when he first became aware of the situation and discuss it to see if we could find a resolution. He did not do this. I have not responded to Mr Russian on social media or any of those other mediums. I have not levelled any accusations at him about anything that he does or that he has done or that how he acts his act management agency. I've no interest in doing so. This whole affair is completely unnecessary, need never happen, and was triggered solely and entirely by Mr Russian raging at losing a job to a competitor due to actually failing to deliver the quality that he demanded himself. He will not and cannot seem to expect accept any personal responsibility for losing this client through his own actions, and so he needed somebody else to blame, and I'm afraid that happened to be me and Mirth Control. Yeah, what do you reckon about that? I think that the thing, thing for me is that um, I actually think that all comedy promoters are very similar beasts. 
And, and I think they probably would actually get on if they sat down and had a cup of, cup of coffee or a beer together and, and sorted th- uh, through it. Mm. Um, that's effectively what you and I did. This does feel a bit like airing their dirty laundry in public. Yeah, it is. I sort of feel a bit like Jerry Springer a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's why we wanted it to come from Jeff's mouth himself really there's no you know th- th- that's what he wants to say on the matter um i i don't know if that's the end of it I, i'd like to think it was yeah every day's a school day i mean i've said before um when people are sort of trodden on my toes the first thing to do is have a conversation you might not like how that conversation goes completely but you've just got to have the conversation in typical promoter mouths fashion we do uh we do just tiptoe around things don't we yeah, we want to get involved in the, uh, the co- controversy, but we want to push back like little yeah. farties and go, <laughs> don't include us in your bloody yeah. cancelling and your ire. And, yeah. yeah, so, so yeah, I hope I hope what we're doing is a, is a, a decent sort of uh, service, really, and getting people to learn a bit about situations in their maybe in their entirety. There are two sides to every story, and then there's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> well, truth is always in between, <laughs> isn't it? You know, uh, people tend to justify. Um, I, there's always a little bit of shit in, in in what you do sometimes because none of us are perfect, and then we'll have a whole raft of reasons, excuses, if you like, which sort of justify it, uh, and and that's what you kind of st- stick to. I mean, I, the, the one thing about this inc- incident. Which uh, should have happened is that they should have had a conversation uh, that might shortcutted it. And you know, I don't want to be judgmental, but well, I don't think it's happened. I mean, you'd be you'd be disappointed if one of your venues, let's say the Ocean Room, called somebody else in to provide their comedy. Could happen. You yeah, would, you'd you're be, always looking over your shoulder. You'd be upset you? by it, but they, yeah. they've got every right to do that unless you've got it in writing. And if there's no contract, maybe there's a lesson learned there. You know, if there's a contract, they might have thought twice about that. Um, and maybe that's a that's a lesson for um, for Adam to to think about. You know, have it in writing that if they are considering other other comedy providers, mm-hmm. that you are informed of that and given a, enough notice in order to get your own house in order. Yeah, and also make the deal stack up for both sides. Uh, if if the deal doesn't stack up for both sides, eventually it's just going to crumble. I, I mean, that's one thing I have learned. But I've got to say though, for twelve hundred quid or more. You could get, you know, you could get a top act there, can you? Yeah, um, people talk, don't they? So, oh, yeah, and it's exactly right, you I know, mean. you could double up. I, yeah, personally, yeah, if I had that sort of money knocking about for an act, I'd probably go big. Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, you, you, you're in business to make profit. But like I said, yeah, you, 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 it's short term if both sides aren't getting a fair deal. Yeah, and that's what can happen. I think. Um, we we all live and learn. I mean, and who are we? Who are we to really comment? You know, we 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 could only sort of dream of having the sort of um, uh, business setup that these guys have got. Mm. You know, Adam and uh, and Jeff have got a, a really good foundation that they're working on, and and one one is uh, yeah a staple of uh, some acts' careers, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both very similar beasts, probably. I, I, you you recognise a lot of a lot of traits and a lot of uh, promoters. It's a I probably have to say that if it wasn't for Mirth Control, I probably wouldn't have 
duck it comedy. There were just opportunities down there, and it was convenient as well because it was the West Country. I I wasn't a, a comedian that was willing because I had family was willing to try, and I was a teacher was willing to travel up and down the country. I just mm. couldn't, you know that that was uh, something that I've seen others do really and become really successful. But having that number of gigs down in the West Country, Cornwall, Plymouth, Exeter, you know that it was. Um, and and Torquay as well. Yeah, that was what kept me yeah. ticking over really. And as Jeff says in the, in in his statement, um, millions of pounds gone to wax over the years. He's been in it, so yeah, overall a force for good. But if if it's overall a force for good, occasionally I'm sure Jeff will admit sometimes he'll get things slightly wrong and, and need to adjust because that's that's exactly how business works. Yeah, and it, and you know. Um, and he he would say he'd prefer a conversation rather than uh, sort of a public show, which he sort of made that very clear in his statement. What does annoy me a little is there are, are many acts out there who may may not have even gigged for uh, Mirth Control, and they've probably never met Jeff Whiting, and yet they all have an opinion that they've probably picked up from green rooms and so on. And I think until until you yeah too you've got your own facts and if you have worked with him and had had the experience yourself maybe not comment we have a very different well i no we both do don't we we have a very different model to work with than these guys i don't have any gigs where i just put comedians in and then leave them to it for a fee i don't work to that model i sell the tickets the venues uh get all the food and beverages and it's a very happy relationship and yeah. not not many Promoters often want to take those risks where they're fully responsible for everything, and if they don't promote it, yeah, then they could take a knock. Uh, so yeah, I, e- easier to scale up, scale up as well when you're not taking that risk. It's a different camp altogether. It, not not so quite, not quite so much uh, at stake if you're just getting paid for providing a lineup. But it's nice to see there are some venues giving out fifteen hundred quid or whatever for you to just get one act. God, yeah. Find that gig. I'd yeah. have a, I'd have a few of them. Yeah, not, not many of them in the Yarmouth. So if you are a venue and you've got some money to spare, I can get you a decent act. Mm. That's worth the money. Shall we hear a little bit more from Jeff? Yeah. What I do now will not be adversely affected by Mr. Russian's recent pronouncements. That is certain. He is welcome to continue running his own business as he sees fit without any interference from me or my team. I have no interest whatsoever in seeing his business fail or suffer. That does not fit in with my philosophy on life. It's a very difficult job building a brand, opening clubs, signing the best comics and running a successful business and keeping this going year after year, especially post-Covid. In my view, we should all be supportive of each other at all times and bridges should be built, not burned. I did not hold a grudge. I'm always ready to reset any relationship in this business. I am really proud to be a comedian a booker and an agent. I love comedy and I love this business. So many thanks to all of you and have a great weekend. This is Jeff Whiting and Mirth Control Comedy. So there you go. Thanks, Jeff, for cooperating and and, uh, wanting to get get your words out there. That is an exclusive with Jeff Whiting. He's not going to talk about it to anyone else. No, that's all he says. Well, so he says. I'd be surprised if he does. I'm yeah. surprised if he's got the time to write it out, unless he's going to now send that. <laughs> he's, he's probably going to stick that in his book if he writes one, because it was long enough. He should write a book. His chapter one. Yeah. Probably need a, a bit of editing down, but he should definitely write a book. What is it you said? It sounds like uh, the shipping forecast. I didn't say, don't say that. <laughs> 
Oh. You fucking did, though. I did say that, but don't tell Jeff I said that. <laughs> well, you even sent a message about saying, yeah, make it a bit more upbeat this time or something, didn't oh, you? So I said this one, one more time with feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which he did, to be fair. Which is exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> So, uh, more comedy rumours and shit, Alzheimer. Can I just just say, Dawn French is still a huge twat. Yes, uh, and and can continue to be so, which is great news. And we can continue to say it. Because in the news this week, she has earned the right to call herself a twat. Yes, and put it on her posters. And people got upset about it, as they always do. And what happens? Um, They complain, and then people investigate. Wasn't it the Advertising Standards Watchdog or whoever? Ofcom. Oh, was it? Oh, is it Ofcom? Oh, I don't know. One of them. Yeah, Some one of them. Some bureaucrats. They're probably uh, in charge of um, sound levels in, in Swaffham. They came to the conclusion she can call herself a twat. Yeah. If she said, Dawn French, you are a twat, that would be different. Ah, yeah. I, I'm guessing that's yeah, where, yeah, the, yeah. where the grey, where, where the line's drawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. If she, yeah. You're all twats, Dawn French. Yeah. yeah. That's different. Do you think Dawn French is a twat? Oh, she's a beautiful-looking twat lately, though. Oh, did you see on... Uh, talking about twats, did you see on uh, Good Morning Britain this week, Ed, Ed Balls used the word twat? Oh, did he? He did, yeah. <laughs> good, for, good for Ed. Yeah. yeah. It's a good word. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, there's something on there which I haven't put on, or very briefly put in, and that's uh, Father Ted. Uh, uh, Father Ted the musical this week it was re- revealed by um, the Father Ted writer what's his name lives in Norfolk uh, Linehan. Gra- Graham Linehan um, he has been offered £200,000 to take his name off the credits of the musical so that they could carry on with it without without his um, supposedly bigoted name on it, dragging it down. Fuck it, really? Yeah, apparently so. I mean, a couple of things about that. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole trans debate because he, he, he's his marriage torpedo because he got into it. So I'm going to back the fuck off from talking about that, right? And I think well, you're what, talking about it though. Stop. No, no, no. I'm talking about Father Ted the Musical. No, you're talking about not talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm trans not, debate, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to continue to not talk about it now. No, no. The point but I want to make. Continuing to talk about right, it. For... You've got an edit button. Don't worry about this. Look, <laughs> trust me on this. Right, <laughs> stop. Keep your fingers by, by your side. For the, for the listener, there's a gizmo sat in front of us, and every time I look to start saying something a bit dodgy, I can see out the corner of my eye. Ha- Kai's hand raised to no, mark, mark, mark where he's going to cut no, it out later. No, I put it there so I know where the marker <laughs> is to at least trim the gaps or the waffle out. So, uh, without getting into the trans debate, which I've got absolutely no intention of talking about the trans debate, trans debate. So, <laughs> Graham, Graham Linnan uh, has been, he was offered £200,000 to take his name of the uh, writing credits for the musical, so the musical musical would have legs without being um, tainted by uh, having a supposed bigot on it. But the thing is, if I was him, I'd just taken the money because surely nobody thinks that anything written about Father Ted didn't include him anyway. Hmm. He could he could have just taken the dosh. 
If they'd taken the dosh and, I don't know... Spent it? Bought his missus the biggest box of milk tray ever and say, oh, sorry, come back. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his personal circumstances. But, in fact, famously, the, the, his, his, his marriage went a bit tits up because he... Oh, about okay. The, uh, I don't... Trans I don't, debate, I don't trans, trans debate, it. trans debate. Stop talking about it. <laughs> See, we, we are not, we, we are so not equipped to even deal with that. I know, we need to sit right back on this fence. But I love Father Ted, I absolutely love him. So, uh, yeah, any excuse to talk about Father Ted and the trans debate, trans debate, trans debate. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is Parking Like a Twat in Loddon and Chedgrave, brackets, local bit. Ah, yeah, very good. I've uh, got Rest in Peace... To a local RIP, RIP. Somebody sadly passed away in the local community, who had quite a high standing in the local community, and that was Matt Chappie. Yeah. Uh, bless him. Very popular person. Always had a smile for people. And I know I don't want to bring it down, but um, I think he deserves a nod and a and a salute. Yeah. So yeah. Well, me too. Uh, every time I went to the pub with uh, uh, the dog, the uh, uh, Dolly the dog who's a basset hound. Matt made an awful fuss of Dolly. Um, as do a lot of people when they take Dolly to the pub. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And during Matt, the pandemic, he was bombing around everywhere, uh, you know, helping people out. And so, yeah, a loss to the community. And, uh, yeah, I thought I'd just knock that one in there just because, uh, yeah, that's the community thing to do. You've also put underneath... Well, hold, hold on a second. Just to say, on, 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 on Matt Chappie, we'll, we'll, we'll post... Uh, there's a post on Facebook, which, which is universal. We can share to our page. Um, they're collecting money for his funeral, so... OK. We'll do that as well. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people will support that, because he was well-loved. Um, you've put R.I.P. Donald and Daffy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this this is... The Lord and I notice board at its most brutal, its best and its most brutal. I'll read this out, right? Um, a lady has put on the Lord and I notice board. The Lord and I notice board is a Facebook group, which we, we, we often pilfer to do our local bit. So listen to this and, and try not to be heartbroken by it. So here we go. To the person from Chedgrave driving a little blue metallic car this morning at 6.30 down Bridge Street, why were you in such a hurry? You thought it was okay to run over a duck right in front of me, then sped away as I was screaming for you to come back. You have traumatised me so much, the poor thing died in my arms, and you saw them as well as you broke. But then you decided to speed up, just why? His partner was quacking at him. <laughs> she didn't know what was happening. Just why? What was such the rush? I'll never forget. Thank you for the trauma. Why? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's sad, obviously. I mean, it's sad like the... Have you seen the Sky adverts for the uh, the donkey sanker trees? I mean, that is like the saddest thing ever. But, but until that... Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, I, I thought I had to read that, honestly. It's, oh, God love you. I mean, uh, if you're listening and you posted that, sorry to laugh, didn't mean to laugh, but, uh, oh, my God, that, it was one of them, it's full of uh, uh, absolute, it was a tearjerker, yeah. but... Um, also a bit quackers, wasn't it? It was a bit quackers, yeah. Uh, uh, on the local, you know that tree that got stolen? Oh, yes. 
Well, they haven't found it. Although you saw, you, you saw took some, a photo of something up in Manchester, didn't you? Yeah, some, somebody was carting off a tree, and I, I wondered, maybe. Well, you know, I sort of explained it as being somebody had stolen a massive tree from the centre of the common. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh. There was a picture of a massive tree, and there was, like, tree stolen, and then... It was the tree in front of it, which was just a small tree. I'm, really, I'm a bit disappointed, actually. Why are you letting people uh, behind the, the curtain with this one? It doesn't matter. It's like the uh, you know the nuclear explosion outside the Bear and Bells that blew up a van. All uh, right. You know. Shall we go back to it then? It, it was, was a massive, massive tree. tree. Yeah. Sure. yeah. That massive tree. Yeah. Yeah, that massive tree. Yeah. You know that massive. You know that massive tree. I've never seen one quite like it, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know what's happened to it. They still haven't found it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mis- the mystery goes on. Hey. So this is Opinion Whores. In this section, we identify a piece of opinion whoremongery pervaded by someone else in the entertainment industry. Bloody Gary Lineker, eh? He's... I know it's it's almost old news, but it's still going on. Is it still rumbling on? It is rumbling on. Match of the day. I went to a football match on Sunday. Enjoyed it very much. Wanted to watch the punditry on match of the day when I come home, just and watch the uh, the red card, which I don't think was a red card, and nothing. It was just 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 they just played an abbreviated version of the match without even a commentary and no punditry. They've really screwed it, haven't they? What a BBC? bag of shite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People standing with Gary Lineker. People in their opinions. Ian Wright. I mean, stand up for what you want, but put the bloody football on. Yeah, they could have. They could pick anyone, but nobody wants to touch it now, do they? Why do people's opinions keep getting in the way of football I want to watch? A nightmare. Do you know, it doesn't... I don't know why I even put that up there, because I don't even watch football. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few opinions on it. Yeah, go on. Well, I'll t- tell you what. Gary Lineker will have a contract, and nobody said this. In his contract, it'll outline what he can and can't say. So if he has contradicted that contract, then he should be held to task. If he hasn't, then they should carry on. So so this shouldn't actually be a grey area. It's a great opportunity for the BBC to save a few quid. Well, they're not. Do they need well, him? Well, well, by, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's a national treasure. They've, they've built him up. They've invested in him. People will miss but so, him. So, so, were the Chuckle Brothers? No, they weren't a national treasure in the same way, were they? Okay, they're not presenting match of the day. And you really don't know about I'd football, like, do you? I'd like to see them or the one that's left. Which one's left? The, I don't know. It's probably to me's left, isn't he? To you, died. Is this respectful enough? <laughs> I don't know. Um, did, did they do that at a funeral when they were carrying, carrying in? I think they probably did. They must have done that for a laugh. <laughs> Somebody must have. It, it, had a way, it, it had been the way that he'd wanted it. All right, who, who, who can present it? You're not telling me that Gary Lineker is the only person that could possibly present Match of the Day. Is Des Lynham still dead? No. Oh. Was he dead? I'm confused now. Des. We're going to have to look Dez. it up. We're going to have to look it up. Dickie Davis died. Did he? I thought <laughs> he was already dead and he died a couple of weeks ago. Design. Des Lynham. Is he still alive? Yep. Is. He's an is. Oh, okay. He's not a was, he's an is. Right. Well done, Des. Well, yeah. Come on, Des. Get him back. Get Des back. back. Is, is, he, is he 
compass mentis. Normally that happens, isn't it? When they disappear off the radar for a while, you find out they don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> it's quite a demanding job, commentary, but Gary Lineker doesn't do the full commentary stuff. It's an anchor man. just a pundit. We know from the debacle we make out of this how hard it is, and, it, and he makes it look easy. Well, yeah, yeah, he's one of the clever ones. Yeah. Whether you agreed with him or not seems to be sort of... You can sort of show whether you voted for Brexit or not, depending on what your opinion was on the whole thing. That's yeah. one thing I sort of saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So if he was like a Brexit geezer, bit of a bit of a sort of a boomer, and then uh, you, you didn't like him. You're, well, what's I'm, what's I'm he on about? A, I'm not a massive fan. What, of uh, Brexit? Gary Lineker. Of his opinion. Do you know what he actually said? Yeah. No, no, I'm not a massive fan of the man. Oh, and, I see, and, right, yeah. And his kind of career or anything. I don't do football, do I? Why should I? Why should I? Why but, should I? Yeah, but you know what he said, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you agree with no, it? Of or course disagree? I did. Yeah, no, I agree with what he said. Oh, did you now? I don't think he should. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I like the bloke, do I? I don't know, I don't know. You're, I, you're trying to push me in, yeah. I'm trying to push you into having, chuck having an opinion. The, chuck me under a bus or something, is it? We call this opinion holes, you know. No, no, I, yeah, of course I agree with what he said. What did he I, say? I don't like the man. What did he say? He said that it was to do with the immigrant policy and what's her name? What's her, what's her name? Uh, Mary Bell? No, who's the woman I see? What's her name? Carol Vorderman. He said that, anyway, he said that the language they used was just like Nazi Germany in yeah, 1933. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was uh, pretty, is it, not pretty Patel, it was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like David Brent now, don't it? <laughs> it was the other one. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's what he, he said that. And um, and there, the BBC of, or did he step down or did they stop stop him doing it? They they they, they told him not to come. You know, they, don't they, come they, in tomorrow. Wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit yeah. like that. Don't don't come in tomorrow. Clear your desk. We'll have a talk about this in the but in then, a few weeks. But then, match of the day had the. Well, they they were quick enough to celebrate the fact they had the highest viewing figures. Oh right, because on that day, yeah, that, it wasn't there. And somebody posted that, and it said, "Oh, match of the day had the highest recorded viewing figures." It was probably from the start when everyone was checking in to see if they really had, yeah. you know. Um, it was dull. And somebody wrote underneath, yeah, well, I've never had so many people in my garden as when my house was on fire. So what are you saying? <laughs> it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, It's yeah. a good good enough uh, counter for that one. It's sort of uh, rubbernecking, rubbernecking the, the, the demise of an institution. I think the BBC are just clawing onto the fact there's no problem here like they usually do. But that's fucked anyway. Yeah. BBC's... I, I'm not a big fan of the BBC anymore. I don't watch telly. Don't even have a TV license. You're not? Nope. Okay. Don't watch it. I quite like the BBC. Um, I don't agree with everything they do, but um, everything they put on, but I, you know, I, think I don't a, even have a TV aerial. It's a va- valued uh, broadcaster for me. Yeah, they've had their day. Oh well, they haven't though. But anyway. Well, that, well, they have in this house. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get the uh, the man knocking at the door asking if you've got the licence? Because if you have not got one, you do get them knocking, regardless. Well, no, I, I, well, I haven't. Come knocking. I haven't got one, don't watch it. Yeah. Have a look around. Come and check my decibel meter. Oh, we've got the Oscars. Did you see the Oscars? Now, this is something that needs to go. The Oscars... Do you like the Oscars? Uh, 
I liked it best when Will Smith was hitting everyone. Was that the last time when it happened, was it? Yeah, that was yeah. a decent controversy. There's nothing going on there. Hugh Grant was interviewed by somebody, and that's the best interview. We, we need to put that one on uh, on the Facebook page. What did he say? He didn't say anything. He just had a load of shit questions from a, a some bird in a long dress. And, so, and said, are you coming to... what?" <laughs> some bird in a long dress? Yeah, that was it. Some Some shallow... Bint. Interviewer, like dressed up to the nines. For our female listeners, sorry about that. What's, what's wrong with that? You can't say some bird in a long dress. Why not? Because it's, it's a derisive to oh, females. Sorry. So there was a oh, it was a pretty female wearing. Oh no no, a pretty female. Yeah. <laughs> oh, forget it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say? A woman. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not going to... Uh... You can say woman. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Did you see her? An attractive lady. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not a pretty young thing, or whatever it is you said. Pretty, I said a pretty lady. Oh, you didn't. Anyway, go on, off you go. Well, anyway, she... Um, uh, she just asked him a question like, oh, what are, you, um, are you, what are you looking forward to seeing? And he just said, seeing. She said, yeah, yeah, you've probably seen lots of um, of the films. Is anyone your favourite, Any uh, anyone favourite to win? He just said, no, pretty much. And then he said, so what are you wearing? He said, my suit. <laughs> she said, oh, well, it's not your suit. You didn't make it, did you? And he was done by now. You know, really? he could not get, wait to get away. And he just looks confused at the end of it. Like, that was the shittest interview I've he, ever had. He, he wasn't having the uh, the showbiz small talk. No, but he walked up to it willing to do it. Um, and then she just asked him the most ridiculously dull questions. You know, you've got Hugh Grant there. He's actually quite a star. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's making films still. The controversy I, I, I heard of, and this is the best act... I mean, look, it's not Will, Will Smith slapping somebody, is it? I mean, it's, it, that, what you just said, wasn't, you know, it's, it's not up there with that. Oh, uh, no, no, and, 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 and The other thing I heard was that there wasn't a red carpet, there was a champagne carpet, and it looked a bit shit. Oh, and the people, Oscars, the Oscars people were up, up and down was about that. And there are people now saying, oh, it's now the Oscars has gone woke because they, they're giving prizes to all sorts of people. Mm. <laughs> I mean, what's that all about? What? Well, just people from different uh, different cultures and different... There, there are people with <laughs> from different cultures and stuff. <laughs> what's going on? They've been complaining for years that it just goes to white males and white females. Yeah. And now, they, you know, it's a Chinese actress won something and uh, the music was by... Uh, um, Someone from China, I believe, that, and now they're complaining about that, saying it's now work. I, I think they're just treading on really dodgy territory. We're tying ourselves up in knots with all of this shit, aren't we? It's a bit bit reggae that jingle, isn't it? It is. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Don't you like it? No, I like it. Yeah. What have we got against reggae music? I like it especially if we say something really poignant and serious, then you press that button yeah. and it makes it look like a pair of twats. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of that today, have we? <laughs> no, it's quite good, actually. Quite um, good. Hellfire and Damnation, where we outline scenarios where each of us has been wronged or where we think someone or something should be thrown into the pits. Of, oh, I've done that really badly. Do it again, Kai. No, you, you need to do Come it. Come on. I want you to do it. Well, as I said to Jeff... Once more with feeling. 
Hellfire and Damnation. In this section, we outline a scenario where each of us has been wronged or where we think someone or something should be thrown into the pits of hell. Ah, yeah, a very uh, theatrical. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think you do it better. Yeah, uh, so do I. But no, no, it was good. It was good. Do you want to try it just in case? No. No, no, no. you'll have to wait till next week. Okay, so I'm chucking the unexpected decibel monitor into this pit. That can fuck off. fucking things, yeah, Yeah. get get out of here. So I've put unexpected and multiple wacky friend requests. Now, I thought for a minute it was because of the success of this pod. People was, like, sending uh, uh, friend requests. But as I look at them, normally it's a picture of an attractive girl with a big ass. Well, they obviously listen to the pod. Then I go on the profile, then I scroll back, and then the profile picture changes to some African lad. Hang on a minute. Um, just one second. I've just got vilified for saying a, a, a nice bird with a long dress. Yeah. And what did you just say? I can't remember. Yeah, you what? said some some attractive girl with a big ass. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. Mm. I, yeah, Double sorry. standards. No, at all. Some some asses are big, and I, and I'm just being I'm just being descriptive. Okay. I'm not being derogatory. That's a, attractive girl with a big ass. Yeah, yeah, and sort of you know sticking it out a bit, and then holding the finger to the lips, and sort of turning around, looking coquettively. Is that a word? Coquettish. Coquettish. After. Oh, Okay. I can't talk anyway. Why do they, yeah. why do they attempt that? Yeah. One? Why do you use words like that? But but anyway, I'm getting loads of these requests. I'm, I'm getting about three, three a day. All of a sudden, I don't know where they found me. I mean, it could be the pod. No, forward them to me. I don't think it is. I don't. I, get don't, them. I don't know how to forward. Are they coming into request. the promoter mouse podcast? No, they're coming directly to me. I'm getting loads of them. I mean, and I haven't even like if you advertise for gigs. <laughs> If you advertise for gigs on the on on Facebook, you, you do get a lot of uh, um, acts, especially newer acts, sort of uh, messaging you and want, wanting to wanting to be a friend. But you can tell the acts because they've usually got upwards of forty mutual friends. These ones haven't. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, 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 I don't one even, a day. To well, be, I get more than that. I get a few days. I deal with them in the following way. I don't even look at them, and then I block them. You not look at the big I, ass. I don't even look at them. I just say it. Just says something, something. Looking for love? Well, no, no, I'm not actually. You found it. I found it, and I'm making a podcast with my new love. Oh, that's creepy. (laughs) 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 Right, so did you put this bit? I think you did, didn't you? I don't remember writing that. Is this still available? Yeah. Yeah. Twats. Right, if anyone uses the marketplace and you put something on there, how many times do people just put, is this still available? You twats. Don't do it. If it's there, it probably is available. Just try and do the deal. But what's the point in wasting a fucking message asking if something's available? Of course it is. Um, have you ever asked if, if you're looking at a marketplace, yeah. automatically you, it comes up as an option. You just press it with your well, finger. Well, don't. It's there. You don't even have to type it out. It's the first thing that it encourages you to say. Yeah, but I put at the top, if this is... It's the AI it, asking, it, really. If you can see this, it's available. I always put that. Well, you know, you might have just sold it and not updated Facebook. And you get loads of people, and this is this happens a lot, right? People say, is this still available? 
and then you click on their profile and they live in sort of Taiwan and they live in uh, like Bangladesh and they live in it's like you're, I'm not you're not a real customer are you probably the same people sending me wacky friend requests yeah yeah did they have a big ass I don't know what they're after I don't know what the scam turns out to be but um block you, you know I'd mm. rather not try and sell it to you but nothing against the fact that you are you know living where you are but I'm not sending it there it's just piss off so it's annoying me because it happens every every other message. You're like, oh, somebody's interested. Well, no. What are you selling? Um, a lava lamp. A what? A lava lamp. Why are you selling a lava lamp? Because I don't want it anymore. Why? Do, why would? <laughs> what's the? I've got a load. They've been. It's been in a box for ages. And then. How much is it? Like sixty quid. Oh well, it's a bit expensive, isn't it? Well, you're clearly not my target demographic. <laughs> you want to reach out, branch out to Africa or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Somebody from Australia said, will you send it here? No. Could no. Be, yeah, could be the, uh, um, the, the, the promoter miles listeners from foreign lands. Oh, okay. There are a few. Well, I don't know what they're doing. They should reach out, shouldn't they? I mean, if, you're, if you're a foreign um, promoter mouth listener from that there America or some, something like that, Reach out and say hello. Yeah, we've got a Belgium, we've got Turkey. Yeah. Got a few. Yeah. Well, yeah, reach out, say hello, and uh, uh, send us a friend request. Actually, you might already be doing that. If you are, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, yeah, so if, 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 it's, if you see it, it's available. That's enough. <laughs> are we going to plug our gigs? Let's do that. Yes, indeedy. I'm not sure, it doesn't feel, this one doesn't feel like it's got, it just feels different. That's because it's a different setup, and we're facing each other. I'm quite scared to listen back. Why? I wonder if it's of the same standard as all the others, which is a very high standard. Mm. What do you think? How does it feel for you, Pablo? Uh, It feels slicker and more professional. Does it? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, because you've got new gizmos. Yeah. I like this though. This this is gonna this is gonna work. Can I press something? Um, yeah, press. Um, What's this one? It's got my name. Oh, that's no, that's Paul Paul Sinner. Yeah, have a little Paul. bit of Arthur. Here we go. My name is Arthur Smith. Hello, Arthur. Of all the things you can do in the world, there's only really one. What's that? That is definitely worth it all the time, go and on. that's to listen to the Promoter Mouths podcast. Good idea. With okay. Kai and Padlo, yeah. which yeah. is surely the greatest event in the history of mankind. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how it works. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Brilliant gizmo. Yep. What else have we got It's here? called a Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't got a sticker with Jason on, has it? <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's the last time I get him an ironing board. <laughs> Shall we plug our gigs? Yes, let's do that. What have you got? Well, on the 28th of April, uh, we have Paul the Cinnamon Sinner headlining a gig, oh. uh, which no longer features Sean Walsh, because um, he's busy doing, doing other stuff. Yeah, we've done all that. We've, we've done been, all of that. Yeah, we've talked about him. But we, we've got Paul the Cinnamon Sinner, people messaging me, going to be brilliant, all the rest of it. Uh, we've also got Ben Briggs, who's new to the lineup at Southwold, and we've got Noel James Ooh. opening at Southwold. And John Mann, uh, everybody's favourite uh, granddad, comedian, local person. Big shout out to John Mann. He's, He's emceeing it. 
Same lineup in Galston an hour and a half later, except the lovely Pam Ford MCs that one. Oh, nice. Okay. I've got I, April the 6th and 7th, um, I've got Glenn Wool. And uh, I'll have to stick that on my diary, actually. He's in Beckles and in Chedgrave. Yeah, looking forward to Beckles that. Beckles on the 6th, Chedgrave on the 7th. Uh, that is going to be a banger. Well, I've got a couple more. So I've got Reginald D. Hunter, Woodbridge on the uh, 12th of May, also doubling up at Southwold on the 12th of May. And uh, on the 3rd of June, Arthur, who you heard earlier, who's uh, very appreciative of this podcast, and we are of him. Excellent. Contrition. Contrition. There's only one thing on here. There's another thing. You go first. Um, And it's an apology to the ladies collecting money for cancer who got their baps out for a calendar last week. You didn't tell me they were collecting for cancer, Kai, did you? I did. It was written all over it. I wasn't looking at that. I was looking at the baps. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Steve Felton double-barreled vagina named Pi... Uh, very kindly sent me a link to the the ladies of Poorlingland who had done this charity calendar. You pushed it in front of me, and I made derogatory comments about their baps. They were collecting oh, for cancer. Kai. I know. I told you I, it was a charity cancer uh, charity. You didn't say you didn't say it was charity cancer. You just said charity. No, I said a charity calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you tell me this? Well, I, I was just I was just shooting from the hip about what I could see on the page, and that was a lot of big baps. Okay. <laughs> so, so I apologise to the kind ladies of Poor England uh, uh, um, who are collecting money and making money for cancer. So as as a way of contrition, uh, yeah, please do accept my apology and we'll we'll post a link. And if anybody wants to contribute to their uh Well, I think cause, you should. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, contrition. Now, this goes back to a several episodes ago when I... Uh, talked about my Tesco's card. Oh, yeah. And John Mann got in touch and said, ooh, you said Tesco's, and it's Tesco. Yeah. And you were on John's side, and I felt, I felt, you know, yeah, put out by that, because I thought if anyone was going to stick up for me, it might be you. What, did you, what, you said Tesco's instead of Tesco? Yeah. Yeah, well, And you were, right. you were with John on that one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fine. All right, I tried to, I tried to um, keep you on board. Anyway, in the last episode... Yeah. You were talking about a supermarket. Yeah. You called it Asda's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Everyone calls it Asda's. But it's not, though, is it? It's Asda. Yeah, no, but it's known colloquially as Asda's. No, it's I not. Know, when I saw that written down there, I've said worse things about Asda's. It's not called Asda's, though. It's Asda. And I think John would be with me on this. And if he now turns around and says, no, no, it's colloquially known as Asda's, I've got to bring you up on it because I, you know... You take your chances where you can, and here's my chance to get back at you for my Tesco thing. Everybody calls it Asda's. No, they don't. I, I if don't. you just call it Asda. Where's it going to stop? Lidl's? Aldi's? Yeah. No, Lidl's. You're going to Aldi's? You no, know, Lidl's is all right. So why, why not Tesco's? Um, no, you can't have that one. You can have Lidl's, and you can have Asda's. Yeah, Lidl. No, it's Lidl's, not Lidl. And it's not Aldi's. It's Aldi. I don't know why, but it makes sort of sense. Listen, uh, we're, we're coming to a close now. But by the way, we, we've not resolved this, by the way. Um, I still feel that you deserve to apologise. I've said, As I said, I've said worse things about Asda's, uh, uh, other than making it plural. 
I think at one point I said that um, walking around Asda's in Lowestoft was like like the zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. So I thought that's probably, I should apologise for that more than making Asda's plural. Okay. And, and, and maybe we'll it was leave that one up to John Mann to decide what oh, the official word is. Sure, he let us know. And, uh, is, he, is he is he got any gigs with you lately uh, coming up? No, John, you got gigs with me coming up. So uh, <laughs> just remember which side your bed's put, please. <laughs> I wonder what Sean Walsh thinks it's called. <laughs> so as as we bring this now to a close, uh, we're going to play the music, and at the end of the music. We'll have Jeff Whiting's statement in full. Stick around and... Uh, Make yourself a cup of tea. Uh, put your yeah. feet up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Lock in. I think this... will be I, here a while. I think the, the full statement isn't, is not not going to be for every listener, but it will certainly be for those within the industry that um, want to hear it from the horse's mouth. And we are very grateful, for uh, Jeff, for taking the time to do that. And um, I don't think the problem uh, or the issue is fully resolved, but hopefully uh, everything will come good in the end. And, uh, yeah. Oh, at the end of the statement, make sure you play one of those doops at the end. No, I might just play a chiming church bell. Oh, and, and sort of like that wind noise that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or some sad violin music under the whole thing no that won't go well uh, or what else uh, what's, the, what's that radio show that they used to do with um, where they had the where they told the story like oh you know yeah, yeah 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 um, oh what was the fella called? Simon Bates. Was that the word? Yeah. 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 So it's a love story. Maybe a bit of that post production. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Um, so let's sign off um, now. Let's uh, the music's coming in, and uh, yeah, until next week. Let's uh, see you then, Pablo. Bye, everyone. See you, Kai. Stick around for Jeff Whiting's full interview statement. All eight hours of it. Hi Paul and thanks for giving me the opportunity to respond um, on this platform which is much appreciated. Uh, I started Mirth Control Comedy in 1998 um, and I'd been a stand-up comedian for a year at that time. I started off in March 1997 um, and in 1997 I was living in a bed sitting bath uh, unemployed on state benefits at that time. Um, and I had run five months in arrears with my rent. I was in rather serious debt, and uh, at that time I had no car, no landline phone, no mobile phone, and actually operated out of a phone box for the first three months of my career, famously, as many people know. Um, By the following March, I'd done about 320 gigs because I went out almost every night if I could, there these were all obviously open spots, unpaid gigs, where I was working to improve my set and try to move on to get paid work. Since I first booked my first comedy night under the brand Mirth Control, which was in March 1998, exactly 25 years ago, I've booked 14,500 comedy shows uh, in the UK and Europe. I've booked 
around a thousand corporate events, book comedians for comedy stages at music festivals. And I've been the sole booker and exclusive booker of comedy festivals in Prague, Bucharest and Guernsey, amongst others. I've actually created £4.5 million worth of income for comedians since 1998. And I've given many comments their first ever paid spots, and uh, those include Jimmy Carr, who's a close friend of mine, uh, Phil Wang, and Hal Cruttenden, another friend of mine, uh, amongst others. I operate a range of clubs from sort of lower-budget midweek comedy nights to good professional nights, weekends, paying good pro rates to the comics. I've worked alongside, well, more than 500 different UK-based comedians, probably more, and everyone that knows me understands the sort of man I am, the principles I hold dear and what's important to me. And what is important to me is developing new talent through my agency and also supporting new clubs of any size to try to establish regular comedy nights in their town, city or village. Uh, I am not driven by the desire to make huge profits or take high fees for my work. Most of my clubs pay 15% or less as their booking fees as per industry standard. I've got one club that pays me the same booking fee as they did in 1998 because they say they can't put it up and I continue to work with them so the club doesn't close down. Why Adam Rushton has an issue with me or my company at all is a good question. We've been booking his acts that he manages regularly for many years, despite the fact that he very rarely books any of our acts at all. And we do have some exceptional talent on our roster. Just go and look at mirthcontrolcomedy.com. So one would expect we might be slightly frustrated with him, rather than the other way around, having just told you all what I said uh, about that booking situation. But the recent complaints on Facebook by Mr Rushton are over a venue in London, a restaurant called Aquavit, and this is the centre of his accusations and his denigration of Mirth Control as a company and of me personally. I only learned what actually occurred well after he seemed to know about it and only know about what fees he was working with for the comics at Aquavit because he has told everybody himself. At no time did the client, Dragos, ever tell me what he paid for any acts booked by Mr Rushton or any comics that appeared there before, so I had no idea of the fees he worked with. He will verify this. Therefore, the idea that I undercut Mr Rushton is redundant. What actually occurred is that he was given a budget of £1,500 to provide one comedian to do around 30 minutes on a Friday night in London, a gig that could be doubled quite easily. With that budget, he could have secured a high-level comic, as we all know, with recent good TV credits such as the Apollo, Mock the Week, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, 8 out of 10 counts, does Countdown. If not that, then he could have... You know, booked a comedian with a big reputation on the circuit, a prior Perrier Award winner or the like. But instead of any of this, he sent a comic he manages himself to do the gig. A comic that, with greatest respect, the average comedy booker in the UK would regard as being worth about 200 to £300 pounds a night, at most, for such a gig. And when you put a £300 pound act on a, a gig that is paying £1,500, pounds, you are putting yourself in risk of problems. This is not really what that client deserved for that money. The comic that uh, Mr Russian represents and sent did the show. The client received negative feedback from some of his customers. He therefore went onto the internet to look at alternative options. Being in charge of the restaurant and its entertainment programme and having no contract in place with Mr Rushton, it was an entirely reasonable response in those circumstances and morally and ethically very acceptable. 
He found us. I mean, he may have tried others, but he sent me the email out of the blue. I didn't know him or his restaurant. Never heard of him before he received it. He asked me if I could provide a communion or two uh, to perform at his venue. I said yes, as this is my job and what I do for a living. He said he'd be back in touch. He followed this with a second email later when he then mentioned and named some comics he'd appeared before. These comics were not mentioned in his first email. He gave me two names, one of them a close friend of mine, a comic I respect and rate very highly, and another that I had not heard of. Uh, I couldn't place the agent for either of these acts because I don't deal with agents who make offers. Martin Westgate does that. So I do not have a Rolodex in my mind of which agent represents which act. I made no association with Mr Rushton being the booker of this club Dragos then asked me if I could provide two comedians at a total budget of around £1,200. And at this stage, I had no knowledge whatsoever of what fees were being paid to the previous acts by Mr Rushton. Uh, in my conversation with the client, this did not come up. I did not at any point ask him what Mr Rushton had been paid for the previous comics. The client, Dragos, at Aquavit in London, will verify all of this information. I proceeded to book two comedians for a date in April at £500 each leaving me a booking fee of about 200, which is 17% of total roughly, pretty well industry standard for a booking like this. After all this had happened, I became aware Mr. Rushton saw this venue as somehow belonging to him when he went live on Facebook on Friday the 10th to explain that I'd stolen it. He launched a vitriolic attack on mirth control and on me personally suggesting that because I had booked one female comic for the April show, whereas he had booked all male comics at the £500 fee I was offering... I was undervaluing female comedians, and it was a slight against them. This is patently absurd. At one point, Mr. Rushton described birth control as a cancer on the comedy industry, amongst a list of other rather badly judged and highly inaccurate statements. The protocol in this case, as everybody knows, is for Mr. Rushton to have called me with his complaint when he first became aware of the situation and discuss it to see if we could find a resolution. He did not do this... I have not responded to Mr. Rushton on social media or any of those other mediums. I have not levelled any accusations at him about anything that he does or that he has done or how he acts his act management agency. I've no interest in doing so. This whole affair is completely unnecessary, need never happen, and was triggered solely and entirely by Mr. Rushton raging at losing a job to a competitor due to actually failing to deliver the quality that he demanded himself. He will not and cannot seem to expect, accept any personal responsibility for losing this client through his own actions, and so he needed somebody else to blame, and I'm afraid that happened to be me and Mirth Control. I have a fantastic team here, Martin Westgate and Lynn Johnston, many of you will know, and I have an amazing new business partner that has joined us, who is going to add amazing value to the company. I'm very proud to represent some of the most talented and diverse comics in the UK, and we have an amazing year ahead of us with some fantastic projects already nailed down and more to follow. I'm a very upbeat and positive person. I've worked for 26 years on pretty well on a seven-day week to bring all this together. What I do now will not be adversely affected by Mr Russian's recent pronouncements. That is certain. He is welcome to continue running his own business as he sees fit without any interference from me or my team. I have no interest whatsoever in seeing his business fail or suffer. That does not fit in with my philosophy on life. It's a very difficult job building a brand, opening clubs, signing the best comics and running a successful business and keeping this going year after year, especially post-Covid. In my view, we should all be supportive of each other. 
at all times. And bridges should be built, not burned. I did not hold a grudge. I'm always ready to reset any relationship in this business. I am really proud to be a comedian, a booker and an agent. I love comedy and I love this business. So many thanks to all of you and have a great weekend. This is Jeff Whiting and Mirth Control Comedy. Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.